T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Grand Biggs. Biggs time. Biggs. With money and haw. Biggs time. The Biggs Report with Brad Biggs. Biggs time. Biggs. His name is Brad Biggs. Brad Biggs talks football with you. <laughs> Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 6 7 of the score. Brad Biggs, the football man of the Chicago Tribune and a longtime contributor to the station, as well as a valued friend. And he joins us now from. The great state of Alabama. He's in Mobile, getting himself ready, getting all of us ready for the uh, the. I guess you'd effectively call it a coaching convention and uh, and the first uh, process of uh, of the uh, of draft season. And Brad is there, and he joins us now on the Score Hotline, brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Big Zay. Morning, Brad. Morning, boys. What's going on? Well, you are down there, and you are uh, watching all these guys, watch all these players. I, I'm very curious. I, I was, um, I've been reading everything I can online. As you know, huge fan of uh, Mobile and of the Senior Bowl practices and all that uh, that goes into that. You get to just kind of stumble onto a ton of people. Did you go to the seafood dinner? Was last night the seafood dinner? Uh, no, they, they don't have the. They don't do the seafood dinner. No. Anymore. No. Has COVID robbed us of that too. I don't know if it was COVID or, or what, but they had uh, the uh, caterer for the seafood dinner provided a little something at the uh, breakfast where you got uh, some time with the players yesterday and. Uh, yeah, they do it upright. They really do. Brad, it sounds like you were impressed with a Georgia defensive tackle not named Jalen Carter. I don't know if he was at the breakfast or not, but what did you see from him that uh, persuaded you to want to write about him? Well, Keon White uh, of Georgia Tech is – Georgia uh, Tech, excuse me. Yeah, but from the from the Peach State yes, or that, played ball in the Peach the State anyway. Thanks, Keon White, I think, raised in Garner, North Carolina, but he uh, he he's really big. You know, he's over six foot four by a shade. Uh, they weighed in at two hundred and eighty pounds down here. He's got decent length and uh, a lot of power, and he's still kind of raw. He uh, he was really lightly recruited coming out of high school as a tight end. He went to Old Dominion. Uh, I believe he redshirted and uh, 
played sparingly when he got on the field as a tight end. And in 2019, during spring ball, they said, you know what, maybe maybe this guy can help us out a little more on the defensive line. So they changed his position, and he took to it right away. I think he had 19 tackles for loss that season, uh, played well in some – against some much bigger schools like Virginia Tech and Virginia and looked like he was headed in the right direction. ODU is one of the few schools in the nation that didn't play any football during 2020 because of COVID. Uh, Keon White transferred to Georgia Tech, had an ankle injury that cost him uh, most of the 2021 season, only played in four games, and then kind of – just exploded this past season a big game against North Carolina Georgia Tech upset them so he's he's disruptive he's really athletic and I think what the teams are trying to find out about him is how quickly is he going to be able to process stuff and learn and basically be taught he's still so raw on on defense but there's a lot to like, and, and he's an interesting guy, a player who could have his name called uh, in round one. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm curious when you um, when you watch Luke Getze's practices. I I was um, reading earlier in the week that that he was kind of running um, a slower paced practice than the other uh, the other team that he was doing more teaching than you saw. The other team was just kind of speeding through practice. Um, what is is there a noticeable difference between the two practices, and and what do you think of what Getzey is doing and seeing? And he said yesterday he thinks it's going to help the Bears. Yeah, well, he's hopeful it can help the Bears because he's hopeful that uh, he'll be able to bring back some some thoughts or ideas on some of these players that he's working with. He's he's spending time with each position group in the meeting room. He's not just sitting in the quarterback room or not just with the offense. So he's, he's getting snapshots at all these guys. Now, how much can it help the bears? Well, uh, number one, they've got to be looking at a specific player who's got a, whose grade has got to fit about where the bears are in the draft with the pick that, that will be coming up. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, variables in play, but it certainly could be a factor. I haven't seen a ton of difference between the practices. I will say this, though. One thing we heard Luke Getze say multiple times this past season was that the Bears under Matt Eberflus invested more time in practicing the two-minute offense than any team Getze had been a part of previously. Obviously, that didn't necessarily do a lot for the Bears in their two-minute offense this past season, but it wasn't for a lack uh, of effort. The American team, which is being coached by Getze, did an inordinate amount of two-minute work at the end of practice yesterday, way more than the national squad. And it makes sense because the way the senior bowl structure guys, they sort of have a two-minute period at the end of each quarter so Getsy wanted to make sure each one of his quarterbacks were were put in the position in practice to get some reps at it. I would guess uh, that's something they potentially do uh, again uh, uh, today when they have practice. So Brad, ton of assistant coaches around. The head coaches for the NFL typically 
I mean, not, aren't always there. Matt Eberflus is there. I think Mike Vrabel was there. A couple other guys are somewhat visible. Um, have you had any uh, observations? Can you tell anything about how they, uh, where they spend their time, where they devote their attention, these kinds of things, or is it just kind of random and they're there to basically network? Yeah, the amount of coaches and assistant coaches and head coaches that show up in Mobile has really um, been reduced. You don't see uh, nearly as many. You don't see, you know, you used to see a guy go by and, you, oh, he got fired eight days ago. You know, you you you, you kind of wanted to say hi, but you figured that guy was there on a mission to try to connect with someone for his next job. Did, did, it's really not the setting uh, for that anymore. You do see, obviously, the scouts are all over the place. Although, even like you used to see the entire scouting department for groups. Some teams, you know, don't bring their pro scouts, or only a few uh, pro scouts uh, will show up. They'll have all, obviously all their college scouts. So, the teams I don't think travel with the same numbers that they did before. And they've got the technology to really evaluate uh, these guys as, as they would like. But, um, you know, you see, for instance, Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles, uh, they, they move around when they're on the field. There's only a certain number of field credentials, but they've been down on the field and in the stands. Certainly notice them keeping an eye on uh, the line play, and that would be both sides of the line, defensive line offensive line and, and we all know the bears have got to get better uh in those areas in a, in a big way yeah you know it it is uh it's obviously fascinating to kind of follow what with all the draft stuff that's going on and to look at all of the uh you know, when when we see players come out of this game not necessarily the great draft picks but this is the rank and file of the nfl these are senior players that you know if you're looking for uh, linebackers, let's say. These are guys you're going to find late in drafts. You know, just look at, you know, the Bears, the Bears last year, Valus Jones, I believe, and uh, and, and uh, Braxton Jones and uh, and Dominique Robinson and I believe uh, Kyrie uh, uh, Carter. They also didn't, Tyree Carter, Jatari Carter, and they also got, uh, I think that um, linebacker, uh, is it Weatherford, the kid that was cut? Sterling yeah, Weatherford. Sterling Weatherford. Weatherford. The I think they saw him yeah. there, and then they picked him up when he was cut. I just think that there's a lot of depth pieces available to you in a game like this, and and uh, and it's a really a worthy cause to have somebody coaching in it because you'll learn more stuff than you know. Yeah, we just can't overstate the the value, right? Uh, because it. it um, you know, it's stuff you can file away. You might not draft the guy, but you'll have something in your ultimate final report on the guy uh, because of it. 106 players that participated participated in the Senior Bowl were drafted in the NFL last year. That's a high, high number. And I want to say the number of um, picks in the first three rounds was in the 40s. Okay, so you obviously see a ton of underclassmen be selected in round one and and they get called in round two as well. But you're right. These are where you, this is where you can get uh, some, some rank and file players, as, as you put it, some guys that are going to be sturdy, dependable 
uh, NFL players for uh, six, eight, ten seasons. So, Brad, obviously the Bears announced some moves yesterday on their staff, the biggest one being John Hoke returning to the organization. He was an assistant coach on Lovey Smith's staff in 2009, stayed until 2014. We know he also played for the Bears in 1980, but most importantly, he's a Ball State graduate and former football player there. What does he do to the staff and the secondary? Well, they get uh, they get a guy who might – I mean, this might be the most experienced coach on the staff, right? I think John Hoke's 66 years old. Uh, he's been doing it an awful long time. Uh, there are a couple keys here in my mind. Uh, Matt Eberflus, I believe, interviewed five people for the job. I don't believe he'd worked previously with any of them, and he certainly hasn't worked with John Hoke before. But John Hoke has worked um, with Rod Marinelli right, who is one of uh, Matt Eberflus's greatest influences. He worked under Lovey Smith. Um, Matt Eberflus is running the same scheme. So you got a guy who's going to be able to uh, walk through the door, pick up the defensive playbook, see some tweaks, some, some little things that uh, Eberflus and the Bears and Alan Williams like to do differently. But otherwise, uh, he's going to know this like the back of his hand. He's got a, an established track record. Look at what uh, Tim Jennings' career turned into uh, after he arrived in Chicago as a free agent uh, following four seasons with the Indianapolis Colts. He became a Pro Bowl cornerback uh, being coached by John Hoke. So I think there's some uh, real value in that. The Bears were interested in uh, talking to Chris Harris, the former Bears safety for the job. He landed with the Titans. They also uh, had interest in Jerry Gray, who went from Green Bay uh, to the Atlanta Falcons, but they end up with John Hoke, who I think it's a really good move. But I will say this, John Hoke will not be able to make an impact for those defensive players if this team does not get significantly better personnel in the front seven. I don't care who you're lining up at cornerback. Uh, if you can't be better up front, your corners are going to be uh, average at best. It's interesting because I, I agree completely with what you're saying. Um, I, I just wonder what happened with Chris Harris. You know, he's apparently uh, interviewing for a, a coordinator job in San Francisco. And I suppose you wouldn't, you want to, you want to make sure that you can't do better before you uh, jump at anything. But were you surprised that they supposedly made an offer to him and then didn't hear back right away? Well, I think Chris Harris, uh, he joined the Titans. So, I, I, you know, he, he's, with, um, he's with Mike Vrabel in Tennessee right now, and the 49ers have requested to uh, interview him. And because that would be a, a promotion, yep. yeah, that, that that gets granted. But I, I think it's a situation where either the Titans were ahead of the Bears in the process potentially, or Chris Harris looked at Mike Vrabel and the situation in, in Tennessee is one that would be uh, preferable to him over uh, a return to the Bears. So, Brad, it's mock draft season, and I know it creates a lot more speculation, but just wondering what kinds of things if you're hearing, if anything, about Ryan Poles' options with that number one overall pick and whether or not they might not be as plentiful as we expect, and could there be, as the 33rd team's mock draft suggested, the best option remain 
using the pick on a defensive player. What's the speculation and scuttlebutt about the Bears' overall pick? Yeah, I think I've, I've been trying to, you know, cobble together information on that as I uh, as I run into people here and chat with them. And and most people, the reaction is it's, it's just it's just way too early, right? We're we're sitting here at the very beginning of February. The drafts in. Um, more than 11 weeks from now and um, people are just getting going. And so I think that there's a lot of belief that um, there could be a possibility for them to trade the pick. And, and I believe that uh, as well, but yeah, I think there's a, yeah, you cannot discount the possibility that um, the bears uh, have to or choose to, uh, stay at number one like th- that could happen and um, I don't know that everyone's wrapped uh, their mind around that idea yet but it's certain a possi- certainly a possibility and in that event I think they have to go with an impactful player uh, f- for the defensive front uh, um, you look at all their needs and you, you just cannot say that the Bears have a greater need than on that defensive line yeah, I, I you know I agree with that, Brad. Um, do we have any idea? You know, we talked a little bit about the salary cap going up eight percent, and and the fact that the Bears have more money than anyone. But is that a bad thing? That that perhaps the every team having more money could lead to fewer guys on the free agent market. Will the Bears still be able to get anyone they want without having to pay through the nose? Right. I mean, isn't it? Doesn't the price of uh, of these contracts go up a little bit if everyone has money? Yeah, no, they're going to be able to compete to get anyone they want. Does that mean they'll be able to land them? Not necessarily. The Atlanta Falcons have as much salary cap as they could possibly need to do just about anything they want. They're in a similar situation. There's enough teams with uh, plenty of salary cap right now. Some will make some moves to create some more. The Bears will have competition if they are going for – elite free agents. If a, if a Duran Payne reaches the open market, it's, it's not uh, a formality for Ryan Poles to just reach for George McCaskey's checkbook that he keeps in the top drawer of his desk and write a check to Duran Payne. Like there's going to be a whole boatload of teams in on this guy. So uh, that's where, uh, sort of selling the vision, uh, the coaching staff, all I mean, there's, there are other factors involved. I've always said money's like the first three significant factors for a player making a decision in free agency. For some players, it literally is the only uh, factor, but there are other issues that can, can uh, come into play. And uh, the, for any of the top players that are going to get a lot of money, the Bears will have uh, competition. All right, Brad, what was your reaction to Patrick Mahomes Sr. telling the Parkinson Spiegel show that the Bears had assured Patrick Mahomes Jr. that they were going to draft him the other day? I, I never got that from people in Mahomes' camp um, leading into the draft or or immediately after the draft and in fact what I had gotten from the camp immediately after the draft and and no one knew right uh, 
three days a week, three weeks after the draft that Patrick Mahomes was going to do what he did, that um, there was this um, stunned feeling that uh, Patrick Mahomes was ticketed for House Hall and at the last second there was some sort of uh, shift. You know, I mean, you can you can go back and look at that draft and obviously the Bears got it wrong and they they got it more wrong uh than was necessary. They they could have uh they could have stayed at number three and been just as wrong, right? So um it's and it's gonna it's gonna pain uh the Bears and the organization until they get a quarterback up and running that's playing um even anywhere near uh, the level that Patrick Mahomes is at, which is operating as one of the, uh, I mean, he's quickly becoming one of the greatest quarterbacks to, to ever play the game. So, um, yeah, the Bears blew it. Newsflash. <laughs> You're the best, Big Z. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, Brad. All right, guys. Have a great day. Safe journey home. That is our guy, Brad Biggs, down at the Senior Bowl, and uh, fun. You know, good to good to have him out there and uh, running into people and getting info and all the rest. Yeah, and breaking news, Dustin informs us that Punxsutawney Phil saw his shadow six more weeks of winter. Oh, no! So, the, you know, ideally he wouldn't see his shadow? Is that the idea, Dustin? That, you don't want him? Well, I mean, I guess it depends on, you know, so your idea weeks. of a good time. No, no, I'm saying – that's another month and a half of bloody winters, what you're telling me. Bloody winter, yep. Murder. You're in Chicago. I think six more weeks you expect to be kind of cold and yeah. miserable. Yeah. I mean, next week it's supposed to be in the 40s. Thanks be to God. Well, well, did, didn't no. see that one coming, no. Phil. Thanks. In the 40s, wow. Nice. should go out and sunbathe. Or not. <laughs> Don't put anyone through that. It's Molly and Haw at Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 of the score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. That's the voice of Albert Breer. And Albert is providing himself content, apparently. Well, I think that he was talking with Rich Eisen about the Bears' intentions. And he was reiterating the fact that the Bears are going to be committing themselves to Justin Fields moving forward. I don't know that there was any doubt except for maybe several weeks ago there might have been a report that you might be referencing that they there was some ambiguity about their commitment to Justin Fields that I don't think 
might have existed to the extent that people wanted to make out that it existed. It, Just if he, it, I mean, didn't well, didn't Elver Breer suggest that the Bears could be looking to move? Like, didn't he go on. in one way, and now he's going the other way? Because what, this is how it happens nationally. Okay. And I, Elver Breer, God bless him. But it, it's it feels like, yeah, like I'm going to float a little bit of a of a uh, of a trial balloon here. Maybe the Bears trade the guy, and then somebody is like. Oh, hey, Albert, yeah, we're not trading the guy. We're not. And then he's got information. Bear's not trading the guy. See what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I do I, see what you're saying. I, we, maybe we, I'm wrong, but it it felt like that one. Is that is that really up? Do we really believe that the Bears are going to get rid of Justin Fields? No. Do we believe that in any way? I don't believe that in any way. I don't either. I, I, I've never believed that in any way. And I, I think agree. that Ryan Poles in the postseason – press conference when he was asked directly about the commitment level to Justin Fields in light of the fact that they have the number one overall pick. Yes. Pretty much answered the question by saying he would have to be blown away by one of the draftable quarterbacks. And he left open that door just a crack because that's what every good executive does. But I didn't view that. And I don't think many people did as a lack of a commitment to Justin Fields who had a breakthrough season. Yeah. And and I think that, um, it's probably news to Albert who thought that maybe they would move him as opposed to those of us who were kind of like, why would they do that? Like that, that I thought the, one of the reasons that the draft pick was such a, a, a coup is because they could afford to trade down and still get one of the great defensive players. That's the idea. That anyway. is the idea. It is a long off season All right. and there is content to be uh, created and, and discussed. And this was, how he discussed it in more detail on the Rich Eisen show. My sense is that they're going to move forward with Justin Fields and try to trade the first pick. Um, try to trade now, it. Could that change based on their evaluation of Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson? Sure. Um, yeah, but I, I've talked to enough people there that feel like Justin, they, there wasn't enough around Justin to get a really clean evaluation on him last year and like given what he had what he did was really really impressive i didn't realize this rich did you know that they broke the bears like all-time record for rushing yards last year well he he was incredible he was incredible personally incredible yeah so so like i think and 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 here's the thing the other thing is like you know obviously i live up in new england and we've heard about like the friction and the from mac jones and everything else up there did we hear one word from Justin Fields complaining about his circumstances? No, right? So, like, I, I think that there is an appreciation not only for how Justin played, how he put his body on the line, but also how he handled all of it, you know? And that, like, he kind of had a square jaw about the whole thing, and, like, I'm, I'm taking the responsibility here because I, 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 I'm, I am the franchise quarterback, and I think that scored him a lot of points with people in that organization and I think right now where things are trending are towards Justin Fields being their quarterback in 2023 with a lot personally on the line then. I'm not saying he's going to be their quarterback 10 years from now. I don't know that. But I think with a lot on the line personally, he will be their quarterback in 2023. And they're either going to try to get somebody to trade for that pick or take Jalen Carter or Will Anderson with it. Okay. Uh, so, uh, and I, I mean, that's all good stuff, and that's great. And we love hearing about the Bears, and there's always – Content available. Here's my problem with that. Justin Fields' coaching, in my opinion, improved 
from one year to the next. Mac Jones coaching got significantly worse. He had a defensive coordinator as his offensive coordinator. By all accounts, they weren't getting the plays in. They weren't. They, there wasn't this sort of proper uh, functioning rhythm to what they were doing, which is one of the reasons he was pretty peeved about everything that went wrong in their offense. It's those. These are. Hey, look at this beautiful apple. Now compare it to that orange. That's what the guy just did. Well, I think that's fair. I also think, though, why maybe he he said he was living in New England. He's more familiar with the Patriots than he is the Bears, and that's obvious based on how he's talking about Justin Fields because as some uh, we watch every week and we evaluate every press conference, so we know the growth that was obvious to anyone paying attention. And when you compare Mac Jones and Justin Fields, I, I think that maybe the only thing that is interesting, and maybe this is what he's alluding to, Mac Jones after his rookie year was celebrated or at least complimented for his intangibles, the kind of leadership that he showed as a rookie, the kind of growth that he made in, in 2021. Justin Fields at the end of his second year, that, as we heard from Luke Getze yesterday at the Senior Bowl, he said that was the most significant point of growth in Justin Fields, the leadership and the way that he embraced everything that was asked of him. So I, I suppose that's worth pointing out, and did that help sway the Bears? I don't know if that did it as much as the fact that he was historically good running the football, <laughs> and he has one of these skill sets that you just can't coach or count on or describe. But I, I don't know that you're. I don't know that the comparison with Mac Jones is is relevant other than the fact that they were both drafted in the same class. Okay. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And, and I mean, it's great that you're in New England and you, and you see that this is happening, and can you believe it? Well, they got rid of their offensive coordinator and didn't hire one. You know, the Bears got rid of the, their head coach who was acting as offensive coordinator, even though he wasn't technically the offensive coordinator. And, and, uh, and, they, and it was, they were putting the guy – out on the field and trying to trying to run no backfield, getting them sacked ten times in right. the game. Right, it's a totally right. different deal. And, they got somebody and, that's trying to work with them a little bit better. And because of the way you're reacting, I think also it underscores just how obvious this is, which is why I don't think the second part of this conversation, which I saw some in some places on social media yesterday, suggested that oh no, now the Bears don't have any leverage with that over, number one overall pick because they just showed their hand, it was pretty obvious that they were going to commit to Justin Fields. And I don't think that was part of any leverage they might or might not have. When you have the number one overall pick, your leverage is trying to strategically pit one team against the other in an auction for that pick. It's not whether or not you're committed to your quarterback because you might take one. Right. I don't think anybody right. buys that. No. That's not realistic. What is realistic is that, you know, the Colts may want the pick because the Texans want the pick, and let's play those two divisional rivals off each other. That doesn't change because you have some national reporter saying the Bears are committed to the starter. Yes, I think that that um, that's a fairly accurate portrayal of it, David. But I don't think think the Bears are any more likely to to trade down – because they don't need a quarterback than they would have been if they did need a quarterback. In other words, I think the Bears have to trade down to get more picks because they've chosen this path. I think the Bears 
even if they needed a quarterback. I mean, it'd be great if there was one there that you could take. But given everything they have, they got one pick in the top 50. Mm-hmm. They need – they and they got rid of pretty much everybody on their roster. They need players. They need more picks. And they got to do anything they can to gain more picks. And the fastest way to do it would be to trade down from the number one pick. Now, if if you if you believe there are two elite prospects at uh, in the top five defensive players, then maybe you could maybe you could uh, trade down and still get one. But if they were looking at a quarterback, maybe they'd try to fall in love with one where they could trade down and still get a quarterback. Well, I, I know I, that sounds crazy. Well, it would change the tenor of the conversation entirely because we would be talking about which of those three quarterbacks are you most, most likely to fall in love with. And then we would be yeah. revisiting the whole 2017 scenario all over again. But they, if they did that, if they, if they used their top pick on a quarterback, then, that, then, they're, then they're not picking again until 53. But if it's the right quarterback, it wouldn't matter, theoretically. I agree, I agree but I don't believe there is a Joe Burrow I, I don't in this think draft. So. I, I don't think so either. I, I think the two defensive linemen that would be pegged as top five picks have a higher ceiling and will enjoy yes. greater careers than any of the three quarterbacks that will likely be taken in the top five. If you have five players that you think will be drafted, three quarterbacks and then Jalen Carter and Will Anderson, I think of those five, the projections are right now that the two defensive linemen are going to have the most successful NFL careers. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. And I think that if you were, you know, you I, honestly, the more I think about this, the more I think you need one player to be the guy that everybody wants. You, you need one guy to be the surefire number one. There's no doubt about that. I don't think in there's order any doubt to about create that. a better market yeah. for it. And, and before I was thinking, well, you know, it doesn't matter who they want as long as the team falls in love with one guy. But if you fall in love with one guy and you believe you can get him as the third quarterback taken as opposed to the first two, maybe you, you don't, want, maybe you're less likely. You just you hide want what you everybody, feel. You want yeah. Bryce Young to emerge as the one guy yes. nobody can miss out on. Yes. Or you want C.J. Stroud to be that guy. Or yes. maybe it's Will Levis to be Whomever. a creation. Right. Whomever. And, and that is what you want to – ideally have occur so that is why despite everything we just said that if if Bryce Young is invited to Hallis Hall for a visit and Ryan Poles wants to make him sound like he is the second coming of Drew Brees that's okay because then it becomes a little more strategic by their they may want to build him up if they can publicly just to create even more momentum toward an idea of drafting him number one overall would you or or um yeah would you be willing to move uh, farther down in the draft. Because we keep talking about the ideal situation, which would be moving to four and then getting still one of the two defensive well, players. But, I mean. Yes, it, conditionally. You, conditionally and being the, the condition you get all the picks in the next well, year, the, too. The, 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 either future picks or a proven player. Okay. For example, let's say that there is a possibility of getting um, – Godwin from the Buccaneers or somebody like that, a difference-making wide receiver, a difference-making defensive tackle, DeForest Buckner, whatever the case may be, you can find scenarios, you can find players. If you were getting a player that was an impact guy immediately, a plug-and-play Pro Bowl caliber player, then you would be more willing to go deeper in the draft in the first round, provided you also get some additional picks in the second and third. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. So let me ask you this scenario, and we got we to get to the break, but maybe we can discuss this when we come back. Um, 
Look what happened with the Bears going after Chase Claypool. The the Pittsburgh Steelers said, you know what? We're we're gonna trade Chase Claypool. Chicago wants him. Green Bay wants him. Green Bay is offering more, but we're gonna trade him to Chicago because that's gonna be the better pick. Would you keep that? Would you would you balance your trading based on who you think would stink moving forward? <laughs> it's a good question. I'll answer it when we come back because I think that there are a couple of things involved there. 312-644-6767, Mully and Haw on the score. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 of the score. I like that beat a lot more than I did that song from uh, Groundhog Day. Yeah, I so think it's a little know. more hip. And, and, I, and we got a good question, and we'll get to it. I just wanted to point this out because I looked it up during the break, uh, thanks to a texter uh, jumping on it. But apparently, the uh, the accuracy rate of Punxsutawney Phil is under question. He has been wrong sixty one percent of the time. Yeah, that's why I think it's total nonsense. Okay, just I, just, just for sure. the record, I am on record as saying that what we. Well, I mean, saw reported today yeah. as I broke in to report that news because it was important because it's topical, but total nonsense. I would like to point out that I did the research. I, you were correct to just sort of impulsively say I, that it's nonsense. I but, did no research. But I did the research. It's based on nothing but a, a hunch. Yeah. Total so, nonsense. So I just want to clarify yeah. your hunch is accurate Thank you. based on the research. I, I appreciate the hard work that you put into that. I, you know, I, I, yeah. I, I typed on Google Thank you. very quickly. So you asked me a good question. Yeah. And that is that if the Bears, how would they consider the team's uh, projected 2023 success if they're getting future draft picks like the Steelers presumably did when they weighed the Bears against the Packers? Yes. That that's not going to happen, I don't think. So I really, it's, it's I, I, just the best offer you get, and you, you don't care anything else about. Well, it. I think it's not apples and oranges, but they're two very different situations. I think with the Steelers, they had one player that they really found that both teams wanted, and they had the luxury of weighing one against the other. And the projection was correct that the Bears were going to have a worse season than the Packers, and that was going to be a better pick. So. I don't know that the Bears have that luxury if they're going to be dealing uh, down in the draft. Your, your goal there is, yeah, you want to draft as high as possible, but you also want the offer that brings you the most, uh, the most assets in return, bodies in return, potential depth pieces. Also factoring in potential, as I said, players who are currently under contract that give you – guys who are going to contribute, and also contracts you can absorb. Example, if Carolina Panthers, a team that we haven't talked about necessarily a lot with uh, connection with trading for the number one overall pick, if they want to move up and get their franchise quarterback, young guy to develop for Frank Reich, and they want to throw in DJ Moore into any trade, Mm. then you're not going to worry so much about where they're drafting next year. You're going to take the player, right? Uh, yes. A guy like Godwin in the Buccaneer example, a guy like DeForest Buckner with a couple years left on his contract in the Colts example. Players who are veterans that can help you immediately might be part of any projected trade or at least those kind of discussions. That would, to me, be a bigger factor than how they finish or where they finish in the standings in 2023. 
Yeah, that's that's sensible. That's a good way of approaching it. I, I, I would agree with you. I also think that it's difficult to judge how how poorly a team's going to play, how well a team is going to play. I think that there are so many varying factors, um, obviously injury being number one. But, you know, you, you have a few precision injuries and you're finished. And it doesn't matter how, how uh, you might have thought you were going to do. Love the Steelers, but they were making that determination at, at midseason after they had seen both the Packers and the Bears. Well, and they were right. I mean, the thing is, the, they were right. the, the, the Bears had, were trading away pieces that were going to ruin their defense. And, that, and I think that was fairly apparent. And they were looking to they were they were going the wrong way. Um, and you thought, well, if we add this player to what they already have in uh, in you know the the Bears weren't going to suddenly become a great throwing team because they got Chase Claypool, and clearly it didn't happen. But would that have helped the uh, Green Bay Packers more at that point? The young players hadn't really popped yet. Um, you know the the uh, the receiver didn't get good for them. Uh, uh, till later in the year, um, Dobbs was playing okay, but but uh, not uh, Chris Watts. So, but I, I, if the question is, would Chase Claypool have had a different second half of the season in Green Bay than he did in Chicago? Probably. Absolutely, I think. And they probably would have gotten a worse I, pick as a result, regardless of whether they got a fifth thrown in or whatever. Because the they would have won more games. Yeah, Packers would have been much better with Chase Claypool yes. in their passing game. They might have made the playoffs. Regardless of, of how well their young receivers developed, the burden would have been less than it was had they had a veteran like Claypool to plug into that offense with a quarterback in a passing game that was more developed and sophisticated than the Bears. So... With that in mind, David, do you think the Bears made a better trade because they blocked the Packers, even if they had to give up a first-round draft pick? I am one who has not given up on that trade yet. I, I don't think that – I do think it could be end up being a good trade. They, number one, kept somebody away from the Packers. And secondly, I do think they have somebody that they remo- – they answered one question that would have existed postseason, so they, they addressed it eight weeks early or whatever the, the case may be. Did Chase Claypool disappoint in the second half of the season? Yeah, that's true as well. But I don't think that that necessarily has to mean he's going to be a failure in 2023. Here's a fascinating text that I got to think about a little bit because I, I may have said something along these lines, although I didn't say this. Basically, we have an 815 texter saying the Bears have so many holes they can't waste a pick on a quarterback. Now that is that is a fascinating idea. I, did you text that because I think that's I, what you said? I may have said something you may have along said those something lines, very similar to that, which I find very very interesting it's, as a hypothetical but because it, it's also against my basic philosophy. I don't believe that, but I do believe that might be accurate. You you do believe that because you said it, and uh, and I think that this year you believe it. I think it's some one of these things that every year you're going to apply a different set of circumstances and the answer may change from year to year. So this year, but let's face it. We, we've said this before. So bears yeah. repeating. If Caleb Williams were the quarterback at the top of this draft, right. And the bears had the number one overall selection. We wouldn't be playing Albert Breer saying the bears are committed to Justin Fields because my sense is they wouldn't be right. It's my true. sense, they would yeah. have a different approach to the entire organizational future and plan at quarterback if you had one of these 
more certain future stars at the top of the draft. I just don't think that any of these three are in Caleb Williams' category, a Joe Burrow or yes. Andrew Luck or that kind of I agree with you on that. And, and I think um, there is another element of this thing that we've got to get to, something that Luke Getze said yesterday that I want to raise your attention to, and we'll uh, – Discuss that next. 312-644-6767. It's Mully and Haw on the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 